Hello and welcome back to yet another episode of the PPRL podcast. Today is a milestone in PPRL history, that's right Johnny decided an episode was too long for the first time ever. Now, I know what you're hoping but unfortunately he didn't cut out the boring bits or the parts where he stammers like an idiot but at least he split it into two parts. Now you can delay, some of, your suffering. Hooray! What the fuck ever man I need a drink. Of oil. Oh, that's right, folks. We're back again. Welcome back to the man. I always think that maybe like this is the one where I'm just going to hit on a name for a podcast that makes sense in the three seconds between where I say I'm going to take a big drink of water and then uh, do a an intro. And then when I do the intro, but I never do. Either way, this is the PPRL pod and we're back yet again. We got a great guest on the other line. It's Mike Huber. Say hello, Mike. Hey, guys. Hey, John. Happy to be here. I, I appreciate, like, like your dedication to the listener. You go right to them first. Hey, guys. And then also, like, the guy you're talking to. Hey, John, too. What's up? Give the people what they want. Got to give the people what they want. It's so true. And you know what one of those things that people want is, Mike? What's that, John? They want to know eat anything good lately uh yeah i have well so margaret made uh good potato soup last night that that was like the most recent good thing and i didn't have i literally didn't eat anything good today we i had like two uh you know like um grocery store croissants like how they're like kind of like a real croissant but they're also like sort of like dense and hard. I had three of those this morning. Um, but, uh, and the potato soup. And then um, we, there is a new Mexican place, primarily like a taco place uh, by my work. And they have really good lunch specials, like three tacos for like, depending on what the fillings are, like eight, nine, ten bucks. Um, and, and it can be like carried up, but it can also be like a decent, quick sit down meal. And, um, they have good happy hour specials like food and drinks. And, um, we had a, um, office happy hour there like a week or so ago and got a bunch of different, um, tacos and nachos, like combinations. And it was, it was really good. Al Pastor Tacos. They had a good vegetarian uh, nacho dish. It was awesome. I have follow-ups on everything you've said. To begin okay. with, uh, I, I, I am, you know, as a bland white man, I am a fan of potato soup. No one is shocked. Uh, when Margaret makes a potato soup, I will say in my head, as a, as someone who doesn't eat meat anymore, I'm a little wary because I know a lot of the times you're 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 leaning on that bacon or whatever in it. So is, is this a vegetarian potato soup? Vegetarian. Yep. Nice. What's in it? Um, there was celery, carrots, 
uh, butter and whole milk. Probably could have done cream, but we don't have cream, so she had whole milk, which we um, then it seems like maybe there was some dill in there. Oh, we got nice. some dill. Yeah, we we got dill a couple weeks ago for a potato salad, um, and I think there was some in there. And, and it was I that, but that was mainly it. And then she used a um, she Margaret makes really good soup anyway, but but she has. I don't know, like a, a trick or a secret or something that we learned in this, in like the one cookbook we own. Um, we, at, when we cook, we collect like the odds and ends from the vegetables, like the onion skins and the stalks from the kale and, you, you know, stuff like the garlic peels and things like that and collect them in just a Ziploc bag, which you then keep in the freezer to, you know, keep the mice away and everything. Um, and then basically, nothing fancier than when the bag is too full to put anything else in it, then you put it in a stock pot with water and cook it until you, uh, you know, as long as you want. And then you use that as the broth for your soup. I got to say, this sounds like a, a total game changer. Gina and I, we don't eat meat, we talk about this, go through so much fucking veggie broth. And then it's, it's you know, it's tan salt water. I, I, it, it clearly does not compare to, uh, you know, a, a good, just even like, let alone a very good one, but even just like a store-bought, decent chicken broth. I, I feel like this could be an enormous thing. I, I And also, you gave me the entire recipe. I can, like, start doing this tonight. Um, yeah, it's all, it's I love all this you got to do. Yeah. And, and I, if I remember correctly in the cookbook, which is called um, Small Miracles, no, no, uh, Small Victories. Um, they, they she, she recommends then subdividing the stock in the small like sandwich size Ziploc bags. I think for like quicker use for stuff, but but we don't we don't do that. But um, no, it's great. And I actually, I, this is a, the, the cookbook itself. I really recommend. There is another soup. There's a soup recipe in there for like Parmesan pea soup. Um, that involves like as you use. Um, wedges of Parmesan, you keep the rind, you, you know, keep the, st- store those in your refrigerator until you have like two, between two and four of them. And then you cut those up into cubes and put them in a stock pot with, um, or, you know, just a large pot with one whole chopped up onion, but not, but including the skin and everything. Um, and some water and some salt and pepper and maybe some other things I'm remembering. And you let that simmer for like 45 minutes. The recipe says 45 minutes or until your whole house smells like melted cheese. <laughs> until your house um, is happy. Exactly. And then you strain out the, um, you, you like, you separate the, what's left, the, 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 the water, um, and like you have to strain out like by pressing like the um all the like food and everything that's still in there to get all of the water and then you cook like a small pasta in this stock that you just made. Um like, like a like Didalini or, or something like that. And then you cook pea and then you add like a whole bag of peas and cook those for just a couple minutes and you have like honest to God, the best soup. I've ever had in my life. 
it's inc- it's so good and it's really easy and it's, and like like the the her stock recipe it's just you know you you use stuff you'd otherwise be throwing away yeah it's just trash um yeah i will say uh first off that one time this is, now you you've clearly gone above and beyond i don't remember the recipe otherwise one time i had uh soup with um i'm gonna sit gonna stretch a little bit and say friend of the podcast babs myers and she was like oh yeah i, I made a, a a parm broth for this and i was like how do you make that and she was like you just go to the store and you tell them you see that that big thing a uh, parm over there why don't you just cut that rind off and give it to me and they'll just give it to you for free and then this was like, I think this happened like right before I moved out to California. And so then I was like, I got to fucking make this good ass soup. And I went to two different grocery stores and both of them were like, what the fuck are you talking about? Buy the fucking wheel and the cheese if you want that rind. I have no idea. Maybe it's a downstate Illinois only. I've never tried it again because I was honestly embarrassed both times. And they were like, okay, you, so you certainly cannot be, just have the rind or even buy just the rind. You can fucking buy a wheel and cheese if you want to buy a bunch of rind. And that was the end of that. <laughs> I feel like you really, like, because I was sitting there, as soon as you told me what she told you, I was like, okay, well, that's better than what I've done. Like, if we've had, you know, we had house guests one weekend, and it was like, okay, well, we should make a good, a good dinner for when they get in on Friday night. It's like, okay, well, that's, Mark's a much, much better cook than I am, but, um, so that's like at least like one or two things that we can make mm-hmm. okay? that can really impress somebody. Sure. And so I was like, all right, let's make that soup. Well, we don't have any Parmesan. And so I went to the store and like bought like four wedges of Parmesan and just like cut the end off. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm thinking as you're saying that, I'm thinking, oh, that's the solution. Um, but I'm glad you tried it and not me. <laughs> maybe it's just me or maybe I don't know what the deal. I mean, she, she was just like, oh, yeah, they'll just do it. I don't know. But uh, I never had any success, and so I never made. I don't. I don't even have the recipe anymore. I never made the soup because I was like, worthless recipe. I can't buy that much fucking parmesan because I'm not a millionaire, because and they won't give it to me. Um, <laughs> well, I'll share the. I'll, sh- I'll take pictures of the cookbook and sh- I can share the recipe with the with the WhatsApp group. I'm very interested. Yes. Um. Uh. Briefly, this now. Uh, now. I got to say, uh, we always do this and we're like, well, I got a bunch of shit I'm going to talk about. We're going to talk about together. And then uh, the Mike Huber Epps, especially, the entire thing is tangents and it's horrifically long. Great news. We haven't gotten through a third of a segment yet and I've got several things, but uh, I'm going to cross off some of them. I do want to go back. What do you mean uh, grocery store croissants? So, like, you go... Um like you go to the grocery store. Is this in the bakery section? Bakery section, yeah. So this is not like you go back and you get like the grand. It's back in the cooler, and you just make no, those croissants. Correct. Right. I don't think those I've. Are good. Those are really good. I don't think I've ever just bought a. I think I've bought croissants at like a bakery, and I think I've got. Mm-hmm. I bought those things in the cooler that I baked myself. I, I'm trying to picture. The croissant at a grocery store is it? Is it big? How big is it? I mean, you can get. It depends on how like how large, like how well, it depends on the quantity. I mean, you can get like a package 
of, I don't know, probably like 12 or, or, or more. It, it, I mean, it's, this isn't surprising. Like, most self-respecting people don't eat these things. Um, I, I don't know what I did to suggest that I was self-respecting. <laughs> Did you have any grocery store croissants? I so, eat the I fucking mean, ones out of the cooler that I put in the thing and wrap like yeah, veggie sausages like, in the middle of. Those are good though. I think They're actually really good. good by yeah. Anyone's definitely yeah. Um, I don't know. Next time you're at the grocery store, like a real, like an actual large, like supermarket, go to the. You'll you'll see them in the, in the bakery section with like the you know the bagels and the weird grocery store donuts that I guess some people eat. Um, yeah, you'll, just, you'll see them. I guess this is... They're the, not very good, but yeah. they, they, they serve a purpose, you know? I guess this is... I'm just kind of in between, because like, if I go into the bakery section, if it's like a decent grocery store, I might be excited about like the bread they made. But in general, like, the baked goods beyond that, I just don't want anything to do with. Yeah, that's fair. Is it fair? Does that make sense? Is that, I feel yeah. it's arbitrary now that I say it, but I'm like, oh, grocery store croissant, does that even exist? But then grocery store loaf of sourdough, I'm like, sign me up for three. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't, it makes it, it does make sense to me for some reason. Okay, I, th I think we're on the same page there. We're making our way through. Uh, the last thing I want to talk uh, about those uh, cheap tacos. What do, what are your what are your go to? You're at like this like it's a, a small little this place you're talking about. I, you, you mentioned the Al Pass store. Is that is that the first thing you're looking for when you're like I want to figure out what this taco place does? I'm going to order three tacos. What are your three tacos? Yes, it would be. I would get three Al Pass store tacos. Oh, three Al Pass store. So you don't even need to know anything else. That that's going to tell you. That, that will that will sufficiently explain your taco experience at this place with three of those. Um, no, so almost. I, I use it as so I use it as like my comparison from one place to the next. But I also, but I fully am aware that different places have different specialties, and also I think that like it. And I don't know enough about this to, to know any more than what I'm like the following sentence, which is I'm pretty sure that Alpha store is like a certain region of Mexico is a taco from a certain region of Mexico. And like, it's not even necessarily the case that whatever, you know, taqueria you're going into would um, be from the same region. So if, so it may be that Alpha store tacos are from, from wherever I'm walking into aren't, um, that's not what I should be ordering, but mm -hmm. that's my go-to. That's my go-to. Okay. I think my second go-to would be like chicken, but I really like shrimp tacos, so maybe that. But that feels a little more basic, like gringo shit, but I don't know. I never have any faith that anything I'm doing isn't gringo shit, to be honest. Well, um, yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah. Yeah, I, this is a thing. I was... I guess I'm of two minds here. First off, uh, I'm not going to say I'm like disappointed by the Mexican food in Minnesota because that would be a stupid thing to say. But also, I have certainly not been impressed. And I, Gina and I talk regularly about the absence of like middle of the road, fine Mexican food here. 
and that we just can't really find it. Um, well, we had the same problem in Baltimore. Yeah, it's a, it's a, we talk about that all the time, and it is a it's a it's, it's a problem. There are like two neighborhoods that have a decent concentration of like cheap, um, authentic tacos or what you know tacos or just more generally Mexican food, but they're they're not. It's not at all. Like, I mean, like, I mean, to me, and I'm sure Alex is, is listening to all this, like, laughing, but, like, to me, you know, having lived in Chicago, it's, like, where you can actually get easy, you know, pre- like, prevalent, good Mexican food. Um, living somewhere where it's, like, much more pocketed is awful. Mm-hmm. And certainly, uh, much credit. I mean, Los Angeles is probably the best taco city in the United States, and all that's fine. But yeah, exactly what you're saying, though, is that there's 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 levels here, and like I feel like honestly, if I were to say where did I have where have I had a better Mexican restaurant experience, I would unquestionably take Champaign, Illinois, over Minneapolis, which seems wow. absurd. But I just like there's one place. That I read continuously about. Like, obviously, there's fancy places. I don't, but that's its own thing, and that's a separate thing. But I'm talking yeah. about just like good, fine stuff. There's one place, and a bit like like you say, you're talking about pockets. It's just in a weird location. That I don't know. It's not even a weird location. It's just not close to either of the two places I've lived in the Twin Cities, and so I haven't been there. Right. And also, I will acknowledge that, uh, especially at this point, like they are most famous for their tongue taco, and I didn't eat a tongue taco when I ate meat. So I'm not gonna like roll in and be like seven tongue tacos, bros. So like it's just it's it's hard for me to feel like I got to go out of my way to get the amazing tongue taco because I'm not gonna eat it. Uh, I, right. One other thing, um, if uh, do you, you say they have a good veggie taco? What's on the veggie taco there? Oh, I I, I if I said I meant to say veggie nacho. Oh, veggie nacho. But, What's okay? Okay, so. What sort of thing does that look like? So that that had that olives, cheap cheese. Um, you say olives? Black beans. Yeah, black olives. Oh, like just like sliced black olives. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I, for a second, I forgot that this was nachos again, and I was just picturing like whole olives on a taco, and I was really upset. <laughs> but okay, no, this is my like, black olives on nachos. Not my thing, but very very normal. Um, black beans, tomatoes. It was, it was very like it wasn't really heavy. Um, I mean, melted cheese, plenty of melted cheese, but it wasn't. It was it was only a few ingredients. Well, you know, wasn't super piled high, but it was it was really good though. There is a place. There's a different place, much more of a hipster Mexican restaurant, but still reasonable prices. It's in, it's also in Baltimore. It has a um, it has a I'm actually going to look up the, the the menu of this place. It has a vegetarian taco that is legitimately really good. Oh, wow. Usually, it's, they seem to be sort of an afterthought. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see if I can find it. I can also Google that it's a the it's called a wheat wheat a la hoche, which is, I'm sure is not the right way to pronounce it. But um, let's see here. We call it, it's corn fungus, mushroom, corn, 
epizote, queso cotija, pickled squash, blossom, pickled squash blossom. So the corn fungus, so it's like mushrooms, like two different God, kind of two different mushroomy things. Corn, it's very it's got a very creamy sauce. Um, it's it's awesome. It, it sounds really good. I, I appreciate the effort, the, the, the you know, trying stuff. Um, I feel like a lot of places go and like... You mean say, on their part? Or no, on no. Part, but to For the pronunciations, I'm sure Alex is done laughing and that segment of the show is over and nobody's giving us any shit about our, our excellent way of saying uh, words we know a lot about. Um, but no, I, I mean specifically that it's it's not just like, well, this is the chicken taco but we didn't put chicken on it and so there's beans and cheese and you like tacos right there you go right i uh, really doing some stuff it, it, it sounds very good uh i like it a lot uh do you want to talk about something uh besides food sure have you listened to the new slater kinney album no no that's actually Fine for the purposes of this segment, uh, because it, this segment is not about what the new Slater Kinney album sounds like. Are you familiar with the new Slater Kinney album? Yes, I'm familiar with some of like the the, the controversy, and, yeah, and the controversy and the intrigue. Yes, uh, I will say I think that the album itself is very good, and I like it a lot. But again, I. I've liked almost all of their albums, and I, I heard this was going to come out, and I thought, oh, good, an album I will like as an old man who doesn't listen to, you know, new music very often. I go, oh, well, that's this is an event album for me. I'm going to be sure to listen to it, and it came out, and I listened to it, and I liked it. But well, first off, I let's just do this. Tell me about the the, the controversy surrounding the album. So. They asked St. Um, Vincent to produce it, and at the time, or maybe as a result of working together, she and the um, guitar player who is in um, Portlandia began a relationship. She also sort of, I think, as I understand it, changed the way, like they, they were used to recording and, and producing their albums in a certain way, in a more collaborative way, but either because for, for independent reasons or because of the inclusion of, like the, or the involvement rather of St. Vincent, that changed the way the album was created. So there was, it was a less of a collaborative process. Um, and then during or shortly after the album was finished, um, and, and definitely like right before it was released, the drummer, who to be fair is not like the only drummer they've ever had, but she was their longest like tenured drummer, announced that she was leaving the band. And so it was like right before, and, and so and what I don't know is like if all that was break, if all that was break breaking up. So to speak, um, was happening during the recording, but it certainly tempered the um, 
like the initial kind of interpretation of the record. I think that's everything I know about it. Okay, yeah, I, I, I think we're, we're largely on point. Now, I will say, uh, for the purposes of this, I am not like the most familiar with uh, the backstory here. I don't know everything. I so I and, and I'm not going to cheat. I'm not going to look it up because uh, uh, we have white male privilege, and so it's actually more interesting if we talk about things we don't really know about. Um, so I will say I think that Carrie Brownstein and Saint Vincent actually dated years ago and have not been dating for a while, which is more interesting. I yeah. believe that all, all this happened, like like they dated like five years ago, and then they broke up, and then I also believe that St. Uh, uh, not St. Vincent, but Slater Kenny had never used a producer on an album before. Okay. And then this time, Carrie Brownstein was like, I got a good idea. We got to get St. Vincent up in here to fix it. And then, like, the moment they were done, or even right before, uh, the drummer whose name is Janet, do you know the name? Janet something? Janet Weiss. Janet Weiss, there it is, was like, this fucking sucks. I'm leaving. You guys can fucking go on tour without me. I'm gone. <clears throat> and the best part about it is, if you listen to this album, it's really good, and it's like the second best St. Vincent album, and it's not a Slater Kinney album at all. Interesting. I listened to this the first time, and I was like, this is really good. It's really like pushing down the road of like where they've been going for a while, and like this is just like where they ended up. And then I went back, and I listened to No Cities to Love, which came out. I don't, mm-hmm. A few years ago, and I was like, "Wow, was I ever completely wrong?" That that album, the previous album, was a straightforward rock album in every sense, and this is mostly a weird electronic pop album that sounds much more like Saint Vincent than Slater Kenny. Oh, now, well, you've really—I mean, you've really piqued my interest. I, I can't wait to listen to this. I want you to listen to it. I'm very excited to hear what you have to say about it. I also feel like this is. I, can you imagine if this story happened in hip hop or pop music? It would be the is, like Slater Kenny is on the short list of the biggest rock bands in the world, but in 2019 that doesn't get you shit because nobody cares about rock music. I think this is like the the biggest thing you could ever point to to talk about the insignificance of the genre of rock music. And uh, I, what is more interesting than this sort of palace intrigue involving four women, some of whom used to date each other, and just like, it's not really relevant because it doesn't matter. Like, wh- wh- there's no story that could reach any heights in this genre today if this can't do it. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's right. It's like... Um it's like Fleetwood Mac. It's like an updated version of the Fleetwood Mac deal, um, and it doesn't seem like anybody cares. Yeah, like if this happened in hip hop, and it was like Cardi B and Nicki Minaj and Megan Thee Stallion and fourth female rapper who I can't think of, I like it would be on like the front page of the newspaper. Like, yeah, it would be by far the most exciting. Like, we would think of like twenty like. 2016, we did Trump stuff in 2017, and then in 2019, that was the year that that happened. 
that remember how crazy that year was when that happened and instead it's it's like huh Slayer Kenny sounds different I don't really care about them on to the next thing right right I don't know if that's like depressing or like or not I don't know uh, I mean I, I don't think there's anything intrinsic well, maybe this is a thing we'll disagree on. I don't know if there's anything intrinsic to rock music that we're like losing right. as we as we as we say goodbye. I mean, I think we can get the stuff that we need to get out that we have gotten out of rock music, out of whatever we want to get it out of. But uh, it's certainly, I think it's certainly dead at the moment. Doesn't mean like everything cyclical stuff comes and goes, but I don't see any reason why. We should particularly care about three or four pieces that have guitars and drums going forward, and I feel like we're probably not going to. Yeah, I, I, I don't think. I don't. I mean, I don't. I'm so out of my depth because I don't know. Like, I don't know what kids do. I don't know what kids listen to. Um, but just from a sheer, like, trying to put my head. I'm trying to trying to think back to being like I don't know 15 uh 14 15 um you definitely still like part of the reason you do that like you'd start a band or join a band or do that is because it's like a fun thing to do with your friends right mm-hmm. um so there are going to continue to be you know, teenagers in basements and garages who want to do something and like impress like girls and guys and, um, they're, you know, and impress one another. It's like, what did they do? So what I'm not, so I'm not saying I'm like definitely right that it's going to be rock and roll. What are they doing? Are they just like gaming together? Uh, well, I, 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 obviously, you can have the best Fortnite stream. That's a thing. You can play synthesizers and uh, show everybody how how talented you are there. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right in that there needs to be something in this genre where maybe people just don't hang out enough for it to matter. Yeah, maybe. And I honestly, I wouldn't know. Although I'm feeling optimistic about the kids because they, with the, um, probably like at least 500, um, but it felt like more Baltimore City high school students. I think mostly from the public high schools, um, marched, um, did, participated in the climate strike, Mm -hmm. climate change strike, and marched down to City Hall. Where I went in, in my so, and my office window looks out onto the lawn, like the large lawn in front of City Hall. It was, it was like you just just swarmed with these kids protesting um, climate change and calling like equal. I mean, I'm a millennial. I think we've talked about this on this podcast, so I can relate to them. But they were they were calling like the boomers to task for. Um, you know their complacency and for ruining the earth, and it was in, it was inspired. I found it so much more inspiring than I would have expected. So right now I'm thinking, no, they still hang out together. They still play rock and roll music. They still do all the cool stuff. Uh, for I was I saw stuff too. We had a bunch of that up here as well. 
this this is this is why they're going to win and our generation can't do it is because we still can't get out of that boomer mindset where they convince themselves you know what really saved us it was rock and roll that's what did it rock and roll was irrelevant always it hasn't done shit for anybody they're going to get on their phones and text each other and that's what's going to fucking save us and like actually do something this is this is still like i'm in the same framework where it's just like man if we just had we had the right music then we could talk about like no that didn't fucking do shit you see how we fixed everything in the 60s no we didn't fix shit we didn't do anything we went backwards for 30 years now we're starting to talk about doing some stuff probably not even going to do it but like at least we're talking about it now and, and rock and roll has been irrelevant throughout the entire process Right. Are you convinced me? Okay. Every section of the podcast should end with "That's right, you've convinced me." So thank you for doing that. Uh, let's go on to the the next segment on on, the, on this episode. Uh, are you familiar with the song "Year 3000? No. Have you ever heard of it? I don't think so. Okay. Well, it's a really good song. It came out in. Uh, I think 2005. It's by the Jonas Brothers. Do you know any of the Jonas Brothers? I, I'm familiar with. I'm familiar with them as like a cultural phenomenon. I mean, a cultural There's phenomenon. That, that's pretty Nick. high praise. Weren't they like extremely famous? I think they were very famous. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and I, I would praise. Say, it's just like, um, you know, like. Just a, a statement of fact. Like they were I'm trying to think of something that is definitely not good that I would acknowledge as a cultural phenomenon. And I'm like revealing the sad state of my life because the only thing that is coming, the only thing that is coming to mind is um, Baby Shark, which is like a kids <laughs> video. <laughs> Very famous. I, I, I'm, I'm surprised phenomenon. about your. your it is I'm, not cultural phenomenon but 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 you do think it is objectively bad i thought everybody i don't i don't i no, is, is I baby shark a song or an artist I'm, it's a song and okay. it's definitely something that i you wouldn't mistake me for like keeping praise upon i'm not saying it's objectively i think for a kid's song it's fine okay i have seen people talk about this but it's usually in this context of like I am a cool guy, and I used to listen to this cool band, but now right. I listen to a baby shark. My um, my family and I were at, were walking around the the farmers market at Baltimore. Had, there's one downtown every um, Saturday in the summer, and there's um, there was a musician playing. Uh, he was like a He's playing saxophone. He's actually really good. He's there. He's he's often there, um, and he usually plays like jazz standards and things like that, and maybe occasionally like a, a pop song. But he you know he does it in like like he play. He, he's a jazz saxophone player, and so we were walking around. There was just a, like very busy, and we were talking, and like I kept hearing him play, and I was thinking, like I. Like, fatherhood is like causing me to lose my mind because I'm hearing him play like it sounds like he's playing baby shark like there's no way that <laughs> um, 
And so I mentioned it to Margaret, and then the, this other guy just that, that happened to be walking by, Hermes, like, no, no, he is playing Baby Shark. There's a bunch of kids around him right now. Like, he's doing it for the kids. I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I, re- I really was, I was legitimately worried. Like, oh, I'm, but just also accepting. Like, I'm, I'm losing my mind. Like, I can't tell the difference between Miles Davis and Baby Shark. That's where I'm at right now. That's where I am, yeah. Um, this is tangentially related, but uh, I was at something recently, and then there was a sax a guy. No, no, I was at it like a, a, I was eating dinner, and then there was a recording of like some guy playing the saxophone who was really good. And then Gina was like, "You used to play the saxophone. Could you play this song?" And then I was like. I could play all of the notes in this song, but it would sound really bad if I played it. And then I realized that, like, Gina doesn't, Gina never, like, played an instrument growing up. And I did, but I don't have any, like, explanation because I'm not very smart at music. Is there, is there a way to describe this? How, how music works <laughs> and how playing an instrument works and that, like, if one person plays, like two people can play the notes, but it will sound good when one does, and it will sound bad when another does. I mean, yeah, like just being good at an instrument as opposed to being bad at an instrument. I mean, that, that's honestly what it is. I, I, it just, it felt very unfulfilling to say this and just be like, I'm bad, so when I do it, it will be bad. Like it, it, it feels like there should be words for this, but, and I just don't know what they are. But you could identify the note, right? Yeah, like I, 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 I know the, f- I know where to put my fingers, and I'll make the air go through. But like how it sounds cool when he does it, it'll sound like dog shit when I do it. Well, I think so. I think that you might. I, I think the beginning of like the actual smart statement, and I'm not smart enough to know the whole way to intelligently. But I think the beginning of the smart way to explain it is that. Like the note, as like as in A or B flat or you know C sharp or whatever, is one very small element of any one sound, and that like equally important is the length of the note and the rhythm and the um, the ta- you know the timbre and which is like the the generally like the sound that you're making and then all of the things that you have to practice really hard to be able to be even like competent at like on a woodwind like the you know your mouth position and your the fingering and everything like it's just it's like there are so there are an infinite amount of things that go into making music good um and and it and like I being able to I, like identify what the note is is like what like the one of the smallest parts of it. I think that's a good description. Um, and it also this is just like gets into the idea of like art, and it's just like well you know it it, it sounds good because it sounds good, and he's doing that stuff that makes it sounds good. I don't do it. I I will say uh, that I I after this conversation I got on my phone and did some googling, and I landed on timbre as well. And then Jeannie was like, what's timbre? And I'm like, well, that's what makes it sound good. So that wasn't a great right. argument for me. Right. <laughs> uh, 
Um, <laughs> but that is what it is. I mean, that I mean, is, see, that's man. basically what, yeah. It's like, yeah. you know how you like it? That's the tamper. He's got yeah. it. I don't got it. <laughs> right. Um, so anyway, I, I, we don't have to, you don't, you're not familiar with the song. That's fine. Uh, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on year 3000. I recommend that you listen to it. It's a good song for kids. Your kid will probably like it. Uh, and it's really fun and good. But I will. I have a small complaint. And that I, I watch the music video for Year 3000 pretty frequently. Because it's a great song and I have a fun time listening to it. But lately I've noticed that uh, the uh, algorithm on YouTube that's like, Let's get those ads together. They make like they make all the wrong assumptions. When I watch Year Three Thousand, usually I get ads and they're like, "Hey, you fucking nerd, buy this video game. You're gonna fucking love it if you buy this video game." Every time I go watch Three Thousand, it's some fucking like today. Literally, I got an ad for Bratz dolls that I should buy at Walmart. Like, it just straight up thinks I'm an 11 year old girl when I watch this video. And they just, they don't acknowledge, uh, how, how, how valuable this is as its own piece of art. Just similar to this amazing saxophone music I listen to. They wouldn't tell those people, go buy a brat. Like, this was like literally like a 10 year old girl in the ad talking about why brat stalls were good. I, I, I didn't care for it. I feel like the, um, these algorithms have gotten, maybe, have gotten worse. Like, it, you, I feel like there used to be a sense, and maybe I just was, I think I had this wrong, but I used to feel like, whether well, it was a YouTube recommendation or whatever, that it was taking in, like, all of what, all of what I had listened, like, the entire history, mm-hmm. and then saying, like, oh, well, you know, one time you spent that week listening, you know, to like the the cool weird saxophone music that you heard in the restaurant, and then you like, oh weird, you spent you know some time like watching old, like uh, you know I don't know, clip, clip movie clips from the sixties or something. But it's nice of you to say, but they were all clips of uh, the Jonas Brothers, yeah. <laughs> and and then they spit out something like, oh okay cool, but now it's just like. All of like all of my YouTube recommendations are just like the same, like the same thing. It doesn't. It I don't know. I, no, I feel let down. I think you're exactly right. It's fucking bullshit. Google and Amazon and Apple. They go out there. They, they oh we got we got to steal all your information. We got to take everything in the fucking world and just accumulate billions upon billions of dollars for this advertising revenue. And it's all worth it. So that. You want some Blue Apron? I, wh- where the f- why don't I get ads every day that are things? I when's the, I never get fucking ads for things I actually want. It's always just here's the right. same fucking thing. Or why don't you go to this fucking? Sh- you tried TGI Fridays and well, no, I'm not fucking going back to TGI Fridays, guys. You didn't nail it this time. I'm not impressed. If you you have literally you know so much more about me than I do, and you got Blue Apron and TGI Fridays. I'm not impressed. You should. I should be like mercilessly unable to prevent myself from buying the products based on what you know about me. Correct. And you got fucking nothing. You got nothing. Right. They listen to your conversations and they, they know everything. Yeah. It's, it's, they sort of bought. Yeah. It's, 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 
awful. And then with Spotify, it's like, oh, like I just, sometimes I'll go, don't know what I want to listen to. So I'll open Spotify and I'll start to scroll through. I don't know if you use Spotify, but there's like a sort of like a home page on the app that has like, starts with your re- the things you listened to recently. Okay. Um, not based on an algorithm, just like in chronological order. Um, and then the next one, the next row will be recommended, recommended for today. Um, and sometimes that's albums, but most of the time it's like just playlists. And then it'll be some podcasts that it's recommending, which I've never listened to a podcast on Spotify. So these are based on like, just, you know, very little. And I don't. Then I just skip right past it. Um, and then it'll be like continue listening or dive back. I think it says dive back in. And it's just albums that I have listened to um, at some point on Spotify. And then, so, and then I realized, well, I don't possess any of this music. Like, there, and there's no like finite way to go about looking for something. Like if you're not gonna recommend, if you're not gonna like recommend stuff to me, what am I gonna do? <laughs> and, and like maybe I just need to start saving things to my phone, so I can have like you know, okay, here's 50 albums I can, you know, scroll down this list and pick something. But like there are times where I like go into Spotify and think like, oh my god, I messed up by getting rid of all my CDs. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I get sort of a freak out. Yeah, honestly, I, I have fallen out on listening to music in general in addition to listening to new music. Um, but here recently, Gina and I went on, uh, we went out to visit the, the Carolinas for a minute. And in preparation for that, I just started a playlist for the two of us and we just both added a bunch of songs to it because like we were flying out and kind of driving around and it was kind of a revelation just like the absurd dump whatever you want to into the like it started out as like well let's put like the john denver songs about driving around in the carolinas on here and then it became Mm -hmm. like i remember this song this weird song from 2003 that i really liked that i don't think i've thought about since then i'm adding it to the playlist and then like literally get in the car, hit shuffle, and see what comes up, and it just it, it was a really good time. I, I know a lot of that is like because of the shared experience, and if I was like going to go for a walk and put my headphones on, it wouldn't be as fun to be like, oh yeah, here's this song from then. I can't tell, you know, the person in the car with me about it, or then hear their story about the next song and stuff. But honestly, it was the most fun I've had listening to music in quite a while. That's that's very. That's, I find that really profound, though, because like you don't. I mean, most of the time, most of when I listen to music is like walking the dog or walking to the train or you know my commute into work, and it's on my headphones, which is. Um, I mean, I only have Apple Apple headphones, but like you know, even if they're nice headphones, it's a far cry from listening to them and you know in your car or on. You know, you know, on real speakers, sure. um, and um, so I no, I think that's a, I think that's really, I think that's a really cool story. I, did you did you read that 
long interview with Neil Young in the it was in the New York Times Magazine a couple weeks ago. Um, I did not. It's about he has a new book out about like sound quality, and I mean because he's you know he's been, he's so he's been doing that forever. Yeah, he's not giving up, and he had he had he used an analogy in this interview. And I, I and I want I want you were I want to know if you find this persuasive or uh, absurd or some or something in in the middle. But he said, um, imagine you know in defending like why he takes this so seriously when you know like I you know I am a huge Neil Young fan and I like view this as like a joke, right? His his advocacy for like high quality digital digital music and and being against digital music more generally and things like that. you know he said imagine if you went to i don't know if he said the louvre but you went to an art i think he said the louvre but he, you go to an art museum and rather than looking at the at an actual you know Cezanne or rembrandt or something you looked at like uh your dorm room poster version of it um you know, that's what that's the difference uh, and that's why, like, I'm, and, and I feel like people shouldn't be deprived of being able to actually see uh, a, a Rembrandt, and that's that's what I, I feel like I'm, you know, fighting against. That is almost exactly uh, Plato's allegory of the cave. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I think that's true. That's really interesting. <laughs> like, I, I think I'm to the point where I discount it because it's so plainly just that. And he has not added anything new. But, I mean, it, it was as true uh, 2,000 years ago as it is today that at some point <laughs> seeing a recreation, even if it's all you've ever seen, is not as good. Right. Um, I mean, the difference, though, is that, like, I mean, since the, like the 19th century, it's been a reproduction. Like, we've... Like any version is a reproduction, and think of like the the you know the vaunted vinyl, like you know like my like my copy of say Harvest is old and scratchy, um, and like you know it doesn't skip, of course, but it's like got you know it's there's a lot of surface marks, so it which affects the sound. I don't have the nicest speakers in the world um i'm sure i didn't you know i'm sure that like i probably need some preamp or some type of thing to you know make the sound better my needle on my record player is at least five years old because i bought my record player five years ago and i've never changed the thing um like you know, I mean, yes, it's better than listening to it on my phone, on Spotify, on my earbuds, like unquestionably. But like, it's not. There is no way. There is no like perfect sound that you you can. You know, I mean. So I feel like there there is no actual recorded music equivalent of going to the museum. It's it's especially because you know where music. And boy, I, this is a thing that 10 years ago, Johnny would want to come and have a fight with me about. But you know what's a shitty place to listen to live music, or to listen to music, is any live show. Right. Like, 
boy, can I mostly not really hear the vocals as well as I would like. In the entire show, right. he points at the mic and then points up in the air, and doesn't matter. We just never really hear anything. Yeah. And so it's like, are you like, is, is Neil Young saying I should have come to the studio and listen? I agree. I bet I'd right. have a fucking fantastic time. But like, what? Is, like at some point, this idealized version, I I don't know how to get to it. And once I get past, like I agree, you know, some earbuds jammed into my iPhone is not doing great. But once I get significantly above that, I feel I feel fine. I I, I will I, say. I said there's probably no perfect so I, I don't have the details and I'll uh, if I get this really wrong I'll check my work and if I get this really wrong I'll I'll come clean and I don't know too soon but um, for one of his albums and I think it was Harvest he mixed it by um, going I think I have this right he put he like the tapes hooked him up to some extremely large speakers on an incredibly powerful sound system and then he and maybe like some members of the band or something but but at least at the very least Neil Young went out in a rowboat in the middle of a lake and then they blasted the music across the water and he ended just like which can which really excel you know as if you've ever been like canoeing, you know, like it, like sound just travels quickly and purely across water. Like you can talk to somebody like, practically on the other side of the lake and, and hear them clearly, you know? And he would like gesture, like he had these different hand signals for like different, you know, different things being increased in the mix or, or decreased in the mix. That might be, at least with that album, like a perfect music listening experience. <laughs> Um, and totally crazy, by the way. But short of that, no, it doesn't exist. Right after, I, I think this would be like the month, a month after I graduated from high school, I went out on a pontoon boat with some of my friends from high school. I was at like this party thing, and like I went out on this boat, and we were like out there hanging out, and I uh, talked a bunch of shit about this guy I didn't like. And then we took the boat back into the dock. They're like, hey, motherfucker, I could fucking hear you. Don't you know how lakes work? And I was like, I guess I didn't know how lakes work. I'm sorry you could hear me. And that was how I found out that like that the voice just carries forever. Hmm. Are you there, nope, Mike? I had it on, I had it on mute because oh. typing on I'm talking. sure you must have just uh, fucking like had an uproarious laughter response to my great story about the boat. Right? Was, I, I actually was laughing really hard. Oh, I'm so. Oh, I'll I'll edit in some laughing there, and everybody can hear. And I was I was I thought surely he got disconnected. I mean, this yeah. is the best story I've told on the entire show. I mean, there's no way he's not just. Maybe he had to leave to piss his pants in private. I don't know. Let's get a clean one. You ready? Let's do it. Oh man, that's a really, really good story. He got it. And it truly was a good story, wasn't it? Oh, what a great note to go out on. And such luck that it came at such a nice distance into the recording. Tune back in soon for part two. <laughs>